This is The Analysis, a weekly examination of the culture in light of truth. I'm Deanna Huff. And I'm Mark DeMoss. Join us as we investigate and analyze the environment of the world where we live. We will be shedding the light of God's Word on the issues. And responding as Christians to influence followers of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those around them. Um, An unbelievably catastrophic day in Broward County history. It's devastating. I'm sick to my stomach. Um, We have multiple casualties. We've had uh, approximately 14 people transported to area hospitals with varying degrees of injuries. There are multiple casualties, though. There there are uh, folks that have lost their lives. I don't know the number right now. It's a fluid scene right now. We have multiple SWAT teams clearing all the buildings. If anybody knows anything about Stoneman Douglas High School, it's one of the biggest schools in Broward County. It's huge. It's a huge campus. So we have multiple, uh, multiple SWAT teams clearing every building to make sure that there are no other shooters. Um, we have uh, a shooter in custody. Uh, he was taken into custody, I believe, about an hour after he left Stoneman Douglas after he commit, committed this horrific homicidal detestable act. Today we're going to talk about the shooting that took place in Florida in February. It's been circulating in the news, it's been circulating in social media, and we just want to discuss how we should respond as the church to so many issues that are coming forward. And so some of the things that we talked about, Mark, were when we see these kinds of things come up in the news, these sort of evils, these tragedies, there are some things that we want to think through. And one of the things that tends to happen is that the news media and the people tend to want to make laws to prevent these sorts of actions, which can be good. And and we want to have good laws to be able to protect the innocent and punish the wicked for sure. And then you have the other side that want to put guns in the hands of people everywhere to be able to protect themselves. And so we just have to look at the situation and ask the question, what are we to do? What are we to do as a church? What are we to do for the common good of the community? And how do we really handle the situations when they come up? You can't look at the information, the pictures, listen to the stories on a school shooting and not feel moved to act, right? To do something. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what drives the whole conversation. You want to do something, and, and and we would want to propel people to do something. But it, it you feel powerless and helpless, and mm-hmm. and it's it's hard not to look at students and children in a school setting and paint the sweeping picture of the innocent getting harmed. What could be more innocent than children trying to attend school and learn and be educated, and then somebody wants to come in and harm them and and so you're just moved to act and to respond. And, and there ought to be responses. I think we want to draw some conclusions on some responses before we're done. But I think the natural tendency for everyone is to think that um, like we, can, we can fix it. Mm-hmm. We, we, can, we, can, we can fix this problem. And um, 
there are things that we can do that are wise. I do believe that. The reality is we can't fix the problem because the problem isn't guns and the problem really isn't even uh, people per se. The, the problem is uh, sin in general and then the sinful actions of certain people. Um, but you can't, you can't fix it in the immediate. You can't ultimately prevent it as much as you want to act and respond. And so even Christians tend to run to one of those camps or try to balance between them. Well, let's add some gun safety and gun controls and let's utilize, you know, armed guards and armed teachers or whatever it may be. Uh, and, and what we're doing is, like those discussions aren't even bad to have, but we we tend to frame the whole conversation, even as Christians, with the rest of community and society and maybe our friends and family and go, well, see, here, here are the two possible solutions. Let's choose one or the other. Let's see if we can mix them in such a way that we can stop this. And I think we forget there's a bigger picture and there's a bigger scenario that as a Christian, we do know and understand, and we don't even play that into the, to the, to the possible solutions. Yeah, it's so interesting to me because, you know, you see things circulating around news about the problem is not guns. The problem is the human heart going astray and going away from God. And, you know, we can see that from the very beginning pages of the scriptures, right? We see Cain who killed Abel and he, you know, obviously he didn't use a gun because... In James chapter 4, it says, What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is it not the selfish desires that wage war within you? And you kill and destroy and do all of these things because you're not getting your way. And, you know, the, the thing that's so hard, I think, about this, you know, in Florida or any other shooting that takes place is what... What they try to do is analyze why the kid did what they did. Right. And it, there could have been some influences in that child's life mm-hmm. that that allowed for bitterness or harmful actions mm-hmm. to be produced because, you know, love and gentleness and kindness and all of those things weren't weren't poured into them. But at the end of the day, really, it's that God was absent from the picture and so they chose to do their own thing over what god would have and when we look at things that circulate such as well you know hitler used gas chambers Mm -hmm. and we see that uh, jihadists use bombs you know if somebody wants to destroy something which the enemy comes to what kill still and destroy then they're going to use whatever they can get their hands on to destroy something. So I think as a church, when we see these acts, it ought to propel us, compel us to seek and save the lost. We ought to want to share the gospel in the midst of that. And And I think it's interesting because all throughout Scripture, even in the passage of Ezekiel 34 when God is he is rebuking the shepherds mm-hmm. 
He's telling them, listen, you, you didn't take care of the sheep. You didn't bind them up, but I'm going to send you the true shepherd. And so we have yeah. that true reflection of what it should be in Christ. Yeah. And we got to share him with other people so that they might know him. And by knowing God and following him, then yeah. that would help prevent these situations. Yeah. And, and what a great point, because we are... We are the messengers of Christ. We are the royal priesthood. The believers, the church, are the royal priesthood. We're those shepherds he's talking to in Ezekiel that you've got to do this. It's it's your responsibility within your world and your culture to bring that message. And um, it's not somebody else. And, And yet, again, in the church, we tend to depend on what we can manage and control Mm-hmm. And and think that somehow we will manage away the problem of evil, and and we're not going to manage it away. It will be dealt with, but we can't manage it away. So what do we do in the meantime as we walk with people in the problems? Um, yes, good thinking needs to go into laws and controls and how to handle schools and how to handle public safety, but I. At the end of the day, that doesn't walk with the person who's lost a child. Mm-hmm. Whether it's to uh, the actions of a gunman or the disease of cancer. And it doesn't walk with that person. Like, mm-hmm. um, we ought to fight for a cure for cancer. Um, but there will be another way that death comes. People will still lose children to death. So, is our only response... Okay, well, this is the problem today. Let's fix that problem, and that'll make more people happy. And, oh, now this is the problem. We'll fix that problem, and that'll make more people happy. And happiness doesn't come from any of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, I've sat with people who have complete joy while their children were murdered because of their Christian faith. Um, And yet that mom and dad still exhibit joy, not because they lost a child, but because they know... There's something that will restitute that evil ultimately. And it was the coming of the Good Shepherd and the message of Christianity and the hope of the gospel. Yeah, and it's interesting because you said earlier, you said, you know, one of the things that we need to do is in response is to be able to be available to comfort to listen, to share, you know, in the gospel, Jesus weeps with those who weep, right? Yeah. Uh, there's, there are times that we do those things, and we should do those things. And I agree. I think that we should work for the common good of the community. Mm-hmm. And we see that all throughout Scripture. And, and we should do those things. But we cannot rest in the fact that that's the answer. And I think that's what we're trying to say here today is that we're looking for answers because of all the hurt and all the pain and all the suffering. But the true answer is that the church heeds the call of going out and making disciples and teaching them to observe and obey all that Christ has commanded. And in the midst of that being able to share in such a way that we don't assimilate into the culture, but that the culture is transformed by the gospel. Mm -hmm. We've mentioned Charles Colson before. And 
he had that same idea, but it's because it comes from scripture that we're going to transform the jail cells when the church rises up and we begin to share in such a way, not just share, live in such a way that it reflects Christ to everyone around us. Yeah. And I think that's really what just kind of compels me to want to have the conversation about this today is as the church, I'm afraid that we sometimes get so caught up in the debate of kind of the two opposite poles that you described at the beginning, either more laws or more guns in the hands of those who protect. We run to those two debates immediately and start trying to vie for, well, you know, Jesus would want us to protect. Well, Jesus would want us to, you know, and we go, now time out. If you really push this through a Christian grid, it's not about whether we have a right on any one of those things. I need to look at the whole picture of what's going on and push push the issues through the grid of Christianity and transformation of the culture doesn't happen because Christians get the answers right, but because they really trust in Christ mm-hmm. and they go about the business of making disciples and loving people that are hurting and sharing the gospel in the midst of hurts and joys and really comforting the hurting and and not just thinking well if we can if we can get control of this mm-hmm. and we can do it in a christian way then we'll prove how powerful christ is and the power of christ came as you pointed out in the gospels he walked with the hurting and he walked with the suffering and he wept with those who wept and yes he preached the kingdom but he loved those that hurt and sat in the midst of it and he ate dinner with sinners so that he could talk to them and share the kingdom with them. And I, we, we want to divorce ourselves from that sometimes. And, and I think by doing that, we just project that the hope's in the wrong place. Yes. And so our answers are just like the world's. And we're supposed to stand apart from the world. And so how are we different? That's the question that I want people to wrestle with. How are we going to be different in the midst of this debate? Yeah, and I love the idea that you said we need to put it through the Christian grid because I think we can walk away from this conversation today uh, with two or three things especially. And one of them being is that when we see life, we have to take every thought captive to Christ Mm -hmm. according to the Word and see what, what is going on here and we see this play out and we say okay well we understand that sin entered the world Mm -hmm. and so there's going to be pain and there's going to be suffering um, until the restoration of Christ and then it's going to be made right there's there's going to be judgment there's going to be a a time where God aligns everything right Mm -hmm. but until that time then we have this opportunity to share the gospel and be restored in this sinful fallen world to yeah. him, right? And yeah. made righteous. Yeah. So we have this opportunity. I think we can walk away with, with one of the things being we really need to take everything and put it within the framework of Christianity and say, what, what can we learn from this? Mm-hmm. And how can we disciple others in this? Yeah. Yeah, which is to point them toward the hope of the gospel. Like it really does fix things. It doesn't just save you from sin. Mm-hmm. The gospel does that. But 
the gospel makes everything right. It's about the judgment. And judgment day, knowing there's a true judgment day, gives me hope that this kind of evil will be fixed. Mm -hmm. Um, Not just it won't happen anymore, but those who are willing to act in evil ways and refuse to turn and repent and receive the grace of Christ, there will be punishment for evil, ultimately. And that gives me hope about that. Mm-hmm. It also allows me to just be gracious. Like, I don't have to, I don't have to hate the perpetrator mm-hmm. because he will be punished. Right. So in the meantime, I can extend grace and hope and pray that he'll turn and repent. Yeah. And, and so it allows me hope that I don't have to be the vengeful one. Like, let's go get this guy and hurt him because you can't do this to these kids. And I, I can be gracious. Mm-hmm. I, I can. I, I don't have to be vengeful, and and I can extend grace. And so judgment, and the future, and what Christ has fixed, brings me the hope. And and so, take these problems and put them in that framework, and it can change your perspective. And now, I can think and pray and discuss about gun laws and gun safety and mm-hmm. all those things. And as a brother and sister in Christ, we may differ on what would be the best there. Right. We really could. But at the end of the day, we're not going to differ over the fact that Christ came, He died, He paid for sin, there will be judgment, and there will be hope. Mm -hmm. And putting it in that framework is so important. And, And to be able to discuss that with other people, even to the question of, you know, why do bad things happen in the world? You can answer through that same idea. So the one thing that you can walk away from the conversation today is being able to put that within the framework of Christianity and then it providing hope and comfort for others in the days to come. We'll look forward to coming back together again for the analysis.